Welcome to the STEM Teacher Podcast. I'm your host, John Van Dusen. This is episode 25, Tennis STEM. We're going to talk about tennis STEM things. And the reason is I'm a tennis coach and I haven't recorded a podcast in 11 days. And the reason is tennis. Uh, Last week, we had five scheduled matches. Uh, One of them got rained out, so we had four. We had one at home on Monday. We had one away on Tuesday. Uh, One away on Thursday, and then on Saturday, we had the Kingsford Invitational, which if you'd like to check out pictures on Twitter or Facebook, you can check out hashtag Fliver Invite, all one word. But tennis has been taking up an extremely amount of time. Um, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't fun. It is a lot of fun, and the only thing that really gets to me is the away trips. But we're going to talk about some Tennis, STEM type things, mostly math, um, but let's get into it. The first thing is measurement. When we started tennis season, there was still a lot of snow on the ground. So we were going into the gym, which isn't nearly as good as being out on the courts. But uh, what we ended up doing was we measured out how big a tennis court was. And uh, it's 78 feet long, 27 feet wide for singles, and 36 feet wide for doubles. Now, if you've ever tried to measure out a rectangle, the hardest part is getting it to not be a parallelogram. What I mean by that is getting those corners to be exactly 90 degrees. Now, we were lucky because in the gym, there's all kinds of lines for basketball, volleyball, you know, basketball two different ways. So we were able to put the first row of 78 feet. We knew that was square, and then we were able to run one of the 36 foot wide, you know, the service, the the baseline on the line. Um, and we were able to make it pretty square, pretty fast. But um, if you're doing it anywhere else, you can use um, what my dad likes to call the ABC rule or the three, four, five rule. And what it means is on any right triangle, A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Now, what that means, A and B are both legs of the triangle that meet to form a 90-degree angle, and C is the hypotenuse. So the reason they say 3, 4, 5, if you have one length of your triangle is 3 feet, one length is 4 feet, you take A A squared plus B squared. So 3 squared is 9 plus 4 squared is 16, so you get 25, and it equals the hypotenuse squared. In this case, that would equal 25, so the hypotenuse is 5. 5 squared equals 25, 3, 4, 5, the ABC rule. So the the service box where you actually have to serve into goes, it's 13.5 feet wide for both um, singles and doubles. The alley, which is that extra 3.5 feet on either side, I'm sorry, 4.5 feet, 3.5 feet, on either side for um, the doubles does not count in the service box. And the service box is 21 feet from the net to the line. So you have to put the ball in a box that's 21 feet long and 13 and a half feet wide. Uh, The net is 36 inches high at the center and it goes up. I've never measured it on the posts, but it's a little bit higher. It should be about 38 inches on, on each side. So those are just some measurement things you can do on a tennis court. 
Now I looked into serving because it's really neat how fast they can go. So the fastest serve ever recorded in competition was Samuel Groth of Austria. He had a serve that was 163.7 miles per hour. 163 mile per hour serve. Remember, it's only going 78 feet before the other person uh, has to hit it. So I know there's been a lot of sports science things on baseball where, you know, somebody is pitching 66 feet and it's going 90 miles an hour. This is going 78 feet, so not that much further, and it's going 163 miles an hour. So the fastest woman was a Georgia Perez at 136.7 miles per hour. And then I looked into some averages. So Serena Williams, who's a very famous tennis player from the United States, uh, had an average serve at one of her competitions of 106 miles per hour. So that's pretty fast. And I looked into the fastest woman serve. Um, this is from a person from the United States. And that was Venus Williams. And her fastest serve was 129 miles per hour. So the serving, it's super fast. Um, some more STEM things you can talk about is the strings and the racket and how a racket is strung. Um, if you look at it, it goes, I think mine has 13 wide and 16 tall. And they are pulled to a, a tension of 50 to 60 pounds. And if you look at it, it's pretty amazing how they get every string, you know, it's weaved, weaved together, how they get every string pulled to that tension. Um, and I actually just broke the strings on my racket yesterday. So I got to get it re-strung. Um, and you can definitely tell when you have a racket with really tight strings and when you have a racket with really loose strings. And I continued to feed balls to my players yesterday with, with the broken strings. And, you know, the tension was taken out of almost all of them. And it's a very, very different feel. Um, you can talk about new tennis balls versus old tennis balls. And when you get a new can of tennis balls, they are pressurized and why that happens. Um, but there is a definite difference between hitting a brand new tennis ball, uh, comes off the strings, bounces higher, versus an old tennis ball, which we call quote-unquote dead. And if a tennis ball ever gets a hole in it, there's a definite sound, there's a definite feel, and you're better off to just throw it away or use it for something else. Um, the last three or the next to the last three things I talked about was topspin on a ball. If you watch these tennis players, they put an enormous amount of spin on the tennis ball and it gets it to act much like we would think of a baseball and that it moves so if you put top spin on a tennis ball as it's traveling across the net the upper part of the ball is going to have a lot more resistance against the air and the bottom part is going to have a lot less resistance and that'll call the ball cause the ball to drop so you can see him hit it extremely hard you know maybe three feet over the net but it dives down and still makes it in play so that's topspin. The opposite of that would be backspin. And we were just working on this yesterday with my players for uh, drop shots and uh, slice slice shots. And basically what that does is it puts backspin on the ball. And that does two things. One, it does not drop as hard. So you cannot hit it as hard over the net. But two, it slows it way down. Again, now the resistance is on top, so it tends to float more. And when it hits the ground because of the spin, it does not bounce as far or as high. So that is the opposite of topspin as a backspin. Um, and it's fun to practice all these things. And you talk about the spin. If you look at people who serve really well, somehow they're able to throw the ball really high and hit it and get topspin on it, which is pretty amazing.
Um, and the last thing I talked about is the angles, especially in doubles play. So my favorite thing to watch is doubles. And the reason is there's always a guy um, that you're not accounting for. And you look at the angles and we teach our players, you know, depending on where that other player is standing near the net, if he's standing right next to the net, you try to hit it behind him. If he's standing on the service line, you basically got three options. You can try to put it, um, you know, to the court side of him and try to put it hard down the net or you can put it right at his feet. And a lot of times right at his feet is one of the best shots because if you put it to his left or his right, he can react and get his racket out there and put some strings on the ball. But if you put it right at his feet, that is a very, very hard shot to return, especially in high school. So talk about the different angles and the different movement. Um, I know when I was playing tennis, we used to have some signals. So right on the serve, um, if I was at the net, I'd be streaking across the front to do what we call poaching. Um, because if you're the back player returning a serve, the last thing you want to do is hit it to the guy at the net. So what we would try to do is make them hit it to us at the net by moving ourselves. And as you can imagine, if I'm streaking across to the other side of the net, my partner had to be streaking across the back line just in case that return came to his side. So there you have it. There's some tennis stem type things that you can talk about. You can talk about the measurements of the court. You can talk about how to measure out a perfect rectangle. Um, we talked about the net. We talked about the serve, the fastest serve of 163 miles per hour. Um, we talked about the tension on the strings, uh, different types of spin you can put on the ball, top spin, which helps it dive and helps it bounce further, uh, back spin, which helps it float and helps it bounce not as far. Again, just mixing up your shots to uh, try to get an advantage over your opponent. And we talked about the angles in doubles play and how important it is to not only know what those angles are but also realize where um where the open spots in the court for your opponent is so that's tennis stem from the stem teacher podcast this is john van dusen asking you to keep an open mind and try to learn something new every day You have been listening to the STEM Teacher Podcast, available on Apple Podcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Anchor. You can also follow John Van Dusen on Twitter at Mr. Underscore JVD.